What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com. And this week, we're actually going to be sitting down with uh, Jeremy Siegel and David Porsche. And Jeremy is the licensing specialist for Pro Sound Effects, and David is the library specialist for Pro Sound Effects. We sit down with them and we discuss the new announcement that they have about the hybrid library that they're giving a massive 60% deal on until December 31st. That includes the hybrid library as well as Isotope and Soundminer. You can check that out at soundeffects.com slash freelancer program. But we also get into the recording process, uh, some of the mics that they use, Ambisonics, which I had heard about or I, I was very knew very little about and we get into that a little bit and that's pretty exciting because I end up getting uh, I've, I've become a little obsessed with that stuff so I've started searching it out a lot the other thing I should mention is that we recorded this via Google Hangouts and on one of the lines you can hear a few pings on Google so I apologize for that now before we get into this episode of course I want to thank our sponsors Divergent Media again we have this sort of we're sending out this challenge to you guys with Divergent Media we want you to go to divergentmedia.com AOTG and download your 14-day trial of edit ready and we want you to compare it to your other transcoding software so if you have Adobe's media encoder try it compare the speeds if you have any of the other tools out there they want you to test this out and the reason is, is because they are certain you'll really find the speed better than what you can get with all the other tools available so check that out at divergentmedia.com aotg download it give it a try and of course let us know what you think so go to our twitter account twitter.com aotg network and of course, you can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash network. We want to hear what you think of this product. We want to hear if you find it faster. Anything like that, just let us know. So, again, you can go to divergentmedia.com slash AOTG. Now, with that all said, I think it's time we get into this interview with Jeremy Siegel and David Forshee from Pro Sound Effects. Let's start off with the Freelancer program and Pro Sound Effects. Can you guys tell me about that? How did that get started? How did you get involved with that? So the Freelancer program, uh, it started off as just centered around the hybrid library. It was the hybrid library program, uh, and it was designed for freelancers and independents. And the, the impetus behind it was several years ago, Sound One, which was a really big post house in New York closed down, and we were seeing a huge influx of professional uh, high level you know, sound editors that were now kind of going rogue and starting up their own smaller shops. But what we also saw was that they didn't have the same sort of, you know, corporate budget behind them that, uh, you know, they could afford. Quite frankly, uh, most of our library offerings were too expensive for them. So it was this kind of uh, weird uh, schism where they weren't able they needed these you know high quality production tools but just didn't have the financial means to get them so in order to support that and and sort of create a community of the next generation of you know studio owners and and um big facility managers and all this stuff we created that offering that was designed to fit into their budgets and give them access to a you know a top quality sound effects library since then, you know, and we've had, so we did, we did three years running of that where we were just doing a hundred units of it each, you know, end of the end of Q4 
asking people to spread the word and sort of give us some social boost and tell their friends and colleagues, et cetera. And this year, uh, what we did was we opened it up a little bit more. And this was all, you know, we, we're always getting feedback from users as well. We solicit feedback via surveys, et cetera. And we decided to open it up a little bit more and make it sort of, the, we're calling it the freelancer program now. And we have this shiny new website that allows us to do this uh, from a technologically simple way where we're, you know, using our, not only our library, so the hybrid library is still sort of the cornerstone and the best value available in the freelancer program but we also have you know sort of utilized our partnerships with software companies like isotope soundminer and soundmorph to just have a, a number of different discounted offerings that are available year-round um, you know there's different sale periods involved so right now everything is on super sale uh, it's the best time to, to get access to all these things but they'll continue to be available throughout the year and people can just go and log in and you know see all the offers available uh, at that given time so it's sort of like we're, we're doing this uh, taking a page out of the uh, you know the Affordable Health Care Act where it's a it's it's open enrollment right now mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to buy anything to join uh, you just have to be a qualified freelancer either. And that can be anyone from someone who's just starting out, you know, a student that's at, you know, Berkeley or Vancouver Film School or something like that, uh, who's trying to like crack into the game. Or, you know, we, we have plenty of super established people uh, that are, you know, working on big budget Hollywood films, but are also actually freelancers and, you know, sort of moving from job to job. So just so the listeners know, like if I created an account, am I able to also upload sound effects to the library or is it just ones that you guys cater to? Yeah, that's we're, that's a really good question. Um, the answer is no, we're, we're not really a crowdsourced library. It's, uh, and David can can speak more in a moment about, about this, but we, we have a, a very uh, tight-knit network of like top echelon recordists that all contribute to our library and you know a big part of what David's job is is, is sort of curating and defining what the pro sound effects library is because we want to be the go-to general sound effects library and you know within that there's components that are can be broken up into smaller you know offerings and niche collections but everything in our library is is you know is exclusive to our library or you know something that's very, we either recorded ourselves exclusive to the library or carefully curated to be a part of our library i have a question for david but i want to ask you before we before i jump to david tell me about this big deal and the savings that people can get and when it ends sure so the the main the, the best value in the program is the hybrid library uh through the end of december so december 31st it is on sale for fifteen hundred dollars and that's a that's a, a perpetual license uh normally it's on sale to the general public at thirty five hundred uh, so basically, it's two thousand dollars savings after January thirty first. It'll it'll go up to twenty five hundred for freelancers. So um, it's that's definitely a big discount right now. It's fifty five thousand sounds on hard drive. You also get a hundred download credits to our online library. So if there's something on the drive that you're, something that you're looking for that you don't find on the drive. Uh, you can go and search from the rest of our library of 170,000 sounds to sort of supplement as needed. We have expansion offerings to the hybrid library, which are additional sound effects libraries that we've curated in a similar manner. Similar manner. Um, 
So those are $500. We've got expansion one, two, and three, uh, and those are available as well. David, I want to know, how do you go about going through these sounds and determining what's needed and, and what to go record, or, or how do you gather all these sounds, I guess? Sure, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we work with a network of um, recordists um, that are, are curated. Like Jeremy said, it's not a crowdsourced uh, operation. We, you know, we do curate libraries that you know has to meet kind of our standards and in terms of audio quality and metadata uh things like that so yeah there's um you know one of the the things we do um that i i think is is pretty unique is for um hybrid library owners every year we we actually poll our users um and find out you know what they like what they don't like what sounds they're looking for or what what sounds they can't find uh in the hybrid library so we you know we take that data and use that when curating the uh, the next expansion. So expansion one, two, and three, the selection of those libraries were all based on uh, user feedback and, and what we're hearing from users. We, we do have a pretty wide um, user base there. I mean, some are video editors, some are sound designers, some are working commercials, some are working um, in feature films, and their needs are different. But we're you know we're trying to to kind of find the middle ground, and 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 there are definitely some areas that we're um, we're hitting on more often than not in the expansions. Now you also, you work in the, the film industry doing sound. How does that experience help inform your work in pro sound effects? Well, I, I use the, li- the library every day. So, I mean, that's the big part of it. So I'm, I'm searching for sound effects all the time, which it gives me kind of insight into what people are looking for with metadata, which is, as uh, most of your listeners will know, is very important in, in finding the sounds you need. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working in indie film and, you know, budgets are tight. So, you know, just having that experience, I know what our, our users are, are looking for. And yeah, and I, you know, I, I do work mostly in film. So I, I will admit my bias towards uh, more, a little, you know, gearing the library more towards film. But there's plenty of, uh, plenty of content in there for people that work in advertising and uh, radio, lots of radio elements in there as well. So Yeah, and video video games. Video, video games, yeah, absolutely. The complete sidetrack, but do you think the virtual reality, like how's that going to be affecting you sound-wise? Well, that's, that's interesting. And, and we just recently um, exhibited at um, Game SoundCon in, in Los Angeles. And that's, you know, I mean, I, I think at all of these types of conferences, that's the big push right now is for virtual reality and 3D audio. One, you know, one library we just released that I think is relevant to that discussion is uh, New York City Ambisonics. So Ambisonics is um, a fairly old concept. Uh, the technology is invented in the 70s. Um, I think it's just now kind of coming into its own. But it's very much allows for, you know, and definitely has applications in virtual reality. And in that we capture the entire sound field and you can decode it for uh, virtual reality and, you know, kind of head tracking uh, setups with over headphones or, you know, over over a speaker array. Or if you're just, um, you know, um, working in, in linear media um, in film, you just have a lot more control over the direction of the microphones and uh, you can really tweak and get the sound you're, you're looking for. So it's, it's almost like you can, so I guess you can open up the file and really almost like a raw photograph you can change yeah yeah exactly i i um i'm sure some of your list and i'm not as familiar with it as i'm sure some of your listeners are but like the uh the litro 
cameras where you can yeah. actually adjust the the focus after the fact. It's a, kind of a similar um, thing, but for audio with the, the sound field microphones that we're using. And yeah, so you can point the, the microphone in any direction. You can change the polarity, so the directionality of, of uh, these virtual microphones, as it were. And yeah, that's uh, just gives you tons of flexibility in, in post-production, which is, is really nice. I, I use that library all the time. And the example I have that I always like to use with clients, because I'm, I'm more talking directly to, to clients and they ask me these questions. And the example with ambisonics that I like to use is like, imagine you're, you know, you're doing an indie film and it takes place in somewhere in New York. If you have an ambience recording that's that's recorded in stereo, you only have the option of presenting that perspective of what's going on. Whereas you can, with ambisonics, you can use any mic placement you want. You can point the mic in any direction you want. And it's kind of just ultimate flexibility. Like, especially if it's, if a scene is cutting around between two people talking and then like an establishing shot, you can change the ambience to sound however you want it to sound based on that perspective. And it just kind of adds a, a level of realism to it that you're not able to get with like a stereo file. I want to ask about sound minor and how they got involved because when I first got into the film industry, one of my first jobs was working for them. So really? Yeah. I was wondering how you guys got to know them. Well, I mean, it's asset management software. And for anyone who doesn't know what sound minor is, it's, it's basically iTunes on steroids. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's heavy asset management software for organizing a sound effects library. The need for that, that software solution comes hand in hand with, uh, with the need for a large sound effects library. If you're going to get 50,000 sounds from us or 175,000 sounds, which is our whole library, you're, you're going to be very limited in, in the scope uh, of, of what you can do with it if you're not able to search, browse, and implement it into your project in an efficient and fast way. So there's a natural need there for having some sort of solution like that. So, I mean, we've, we've known them for a long time just you know going to trade shows and having various things, but it, it, the, the overlap between our clients is, you know, in terms of the real power users, uh, is, is as high as it gets. I mean, they're, they're sure they're like competitors to Soundminer, but I would say for our big power users, all of them have some sort of audio asset management system in place. Soundminer being, you know, the, the more, the most ubiquitous one uh, in the market. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've always sort of kept in touch with them about opportunities and it, it sort of dawned on us last, it was last year when we introduced it as an offering to, to hybrid library owners and freelancers to have it, you know, as an option to get it at discount. They don't, they, they prefer not to discount whenever possible. So this was a, an opportunity that we both saw mutually as, uh, you know, to get access to this software for, Again, it's a group of people that just don't have budgets to spend. They're not they're not getting you know a purchase order from their AP department. Like they're putting this on their own credit card, you know. So so this was it was a natural extension of the hybrid library, um, and you know it's it's been fantastic to have uh, have them on board for the freelancer program, and you know they're they're a great company. How would you say that Pro Sound affects the audio, like the sounds that you guys have? are different from the other your competitors like what sets you apart and makes you a must buy for our listeners you know in terms of uh general libraries i'd say ours is is the the most up-to-date um so we have the more recent sounds um i'd say most of the library was recorded in the past 10 years which i'd, I'd say sets us apart in terms of uh, the the general library market um which is is really 
kind of the push and for the freelancer program is the, the hybrid library. That's kind of our marquee product. And beyond that, you know, I think if, you know, if you're a sound editor, you already have a general, a big library that you're happy with. I think, you know, we also offer niche products like NYC Ambisonics, which, you know, we're, and we're trying to push kind of the boundaries on software controlled sound effects and um, just kind of the interaction between software and sound effects. So that's, I mean, that, that's yeah you know, what I think would, would really set us apart. And we also, in addition to these, uh, the hard drive libraries and niche libraries, we also have our, our online library. So we, we're kind of a one-stop solution for, for sound effects. I would also add, you know, aside from the recordings themselves, which, which David touched on as being, you know, a little bit more contemporary, you know, recorded in the last one week to 10 years, it's essentially, <laughs> you know, I, from an offer standpoint, we, we have... Uh, a continual update program. So some of our, you know, the hybrid library and the master library, which are our two main general libraries, both get free updates for life. Or if you're on an annual license, you know, throughout the life of the license. And that's, you know, it's not, it's not a gigantic piece of content, but it's going to be a gigabyte every quarter. And it just keeps your library growing and it adds value to a license over time, as opposed to the old guard of delivering on CDs where the, and the CDs just collect dust over time, they don't grow in, in value. So that's something that we've we've set out from day one to um, you know set ourselves apart. And aside from that, it's about its flexibility. So when we're working with, I, I work personally with some of with our biggest clients, which can be anyone from ele- Electronic Arts, Activision, CBS, BBC. So you know it, it's big companies, and with these companies, you have to be flexible and be able to work with them and to put. You know, our, our goal with that is always to present more value to the client than we're getting back in terms of payment. So, you know, I, I'd say that's, it, it's sort of a, a new way of thinking about licensing. We, we do annual blanket licenses. So kind of taking a page out of the book of a music library, but extrapolating that into a royalty free, um, you know, sort of unlimited blanket access model has been really successful because instead of buying a $12,000 sound effects library, you can get access to that for like three or $4,000 a year. So, and, and then as your company grows, we continue to add value to the library in the form, form of updates and new releases. And as your company grows, it becomes very simple to add users and, you know, sort of grow in lockstep with your company. So it's, it's been really great to see that side of things help people. I just want to touch on something that Dave brought up, and that was pushing the boundaries of the sound. So you're, you're bringing in all these new technologies or ideas for recording sound, such as the the mics that we were talking about a few minutes ago. My question would be that, do you see a lot of people in the industry using those, this new technology? And and how do you go about encouraging your recordists or the people out in the field to take part in that if they don't see it in the in being used in the film industry just yet? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. And, um, you know, one, we're, we're still trying to understand how people are using for instance NYC Ambisonics. I personally I'm I'm actually working on a project now. I'm I'm using it all over the place and it's super useful. Um I'd be interested to hear actually and that's something we're working on to hear about use cases and uh, how it works with people's workflows, uh, and especially in you know working with established re-recording mixers and things like that. But you know, I, I think it, it's going to be a gradual change. It's not going to happen overnight. But uh, I think the benefits are there, um, and the software is there. 
and you know it's, it's only a matter of time yeah because isn't that that's part of it is the fact that like we utilize the technology to record this library yeah but in its actual implementation it still follows the rules of normal workflow yeah. because once you once you're loading it you know it comes with this software surround zone too which is basically decoding software you load the the b format file into it and it can decode into whatever you're mixing in so if it's 5.1 or stereo or 7.1 whatever it is so it ends up being, you know, when, once it, when it gets down to the point where you're actually putting it into your timeline, it ends up being just regular audio that you're used to using. So, you know, I guess part of the answer I would think is that it's not necessarily a problem for people who are using for editors and sound editors to really, you know, we're not asking them to care about ambisonics. We're just giving them like, listen, we did this thing. It's really, it's super useful. Just use it. And you don't have to like, say that you used any like it doesn't there's no like ambisonic stamp on your uh, on your film now because you used it so it is it's kind of a nice little thing that we've we've discovered where it's a useful technology that people have known about as david mentioned have known about for a really long time but hasn't really been you know a, it hasn't been commercialized in a, in a sound effects library before at least in the u.s a lot so whether or not it, it grows in popularity we'll, we'll see but i think that we you know the early the early results are, are looking pretty good yeah well because i was gonna say i as soon as i you were talking about it, i'm like oh i'd love to play with that and and try that out on an, on a project and then i'm like we have a free demo available on our, yeah. our website okay so they can come to your like our listeners can come and check it out and it uh, it should also mention that nyc amazonics also comes with stereo versions of all the sounds so for instance if you're working in um the regular pro tools not hd then you know you would only be able to take advantage of the stereo files yeah so important to mention that you would need a DAW that supports uh multi-channel uh audio tracks so quad audio tracks okay but the stereo files are great ambiences themselves recorded by david forshee himself (laughs) (laughs) yes uh and and i also wanted to mention that we you know for NYC Amazonics and just recording ambiences in, in New York City, I think Soundfield and Amazonics makes a lot of sense. That's not to say there's not a place for mono recordings and stereo and, and traditional stereo recordings. There are definitely lots of um, applications for that still. I'm not saying that everybody should record with Soundfield microphones in, in every uh, situation. It's not always the right the right <laughs> mic for the job. <laughs> is there anything special in the recording process for that? Or is it literally like you guys were saying just put the mic out and and you can choose afterwards that's that's essentially it i mean we you know we we definitely uh thought about the the position of of the mic and just getting uh getting it in the most interesting sound field possible it, it really shines in environments where there are a lot of there's lots of detail because the spatial resolution is is so high and you know you can decode it to seven one um, and you get a lot more detail from it than you would um, like a, a general, like a, a, I guess a traditional stereo, like XY or something. So yeah, no, we 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 loved it for that, and and chose locations in New York based based on that. David, when I was looking at your resume or your IMDb, I guess it's, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed that you've done documentaries and fiction, and so from a from a sound effects side, how do you do you approach uh, the sound process differently? For sound effects for a doc versus a fiction it really depends on um on the documentary i think there, there's uh i would say no not really i think in 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 um narrative features there's a typically a lot more opportunities for uh creative sound design and, and things like that that's not always the case though there may be documentaries where it's more important to um to 
for the sound to really reveal the subjective nature of uh, the subjects, uh, you know, whatever the subject is experiencing. And that might be closer to reality and really documenting that, like what that person is feeling than a simple like recreation of reality. And the flip side is true in, in, in uh, narrative. So, you know, it really, it's kind of a terrible answer, but it, it depends. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the answer, I guess. There's also Isotope that's on your, your freelancing program. And so I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners a bit about it, because I got to play with it at NAB last year, and it's phenomenal. But I was wondering if you could tell a bit about the tool and how our listeners can use it and why it's so beneficial for them to pick up with this freelancer program. Personally, I use RX5 all, well almost every single day. I do edit a lot of dialogue and there's really nothing else like it. And there have been many times, uh, you know, working with a director or producer and I show them kind of a before and after. It's magic. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, especially in dialogue editing, getting rid of mouth noise, uh, the little clicks and pops and um, things like that. It's it's really, it's magical. So I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's, it's really an industry standard. And yeah, the regular version, the audio editor version is... Um, is now well it's um 349 retail and you'll you'll get significant uh discount in the um in the freelancer program we're not allowed to uh yeah what what that specific price is (laughs) it's so good we can't even tell you what it is it's worth it (laughs) is what i can say just from every sound person i've talked to is like get isotope get their product go through their products and just playing they're also the coolest company around they're just like they're they're with it they they get they get where things are going and they're they have a great attitude and they're really awesome to work with. Yeah, Isotope is is the best. Now, I have one last question for you guys, but before I get to that, I just want to know is there anything you guys want to discuss that I haven't asked yet? Well, I thought I thought to mention, um, you know, as far as the hybrid library goes, I, I know probably m- the majority of your of your listeners are going to be on the video editing side. While this is a sound effects library and it's, you know, not a video uh application specifically we actually have a number of video editors that are hybrid library owners and you know we that was something that surprised me when we first started it you know we started hearing from people with like very impressive credits in hollywood that were video editors and that you know it's as david david pointed out to me uh, before we had this this conversation it's uh you know, sometimes a video editor, you're, you're trying to sell the cut to, to the director. And, you know, if you, if, if it doesn't sound right, the cut, you know, the video editing can be amazing, but if it sounds weird, the director might be like, there's something wrong with this. So having, having access to this huge sound effects library, uh, while you're not, you know, a professional sound designer, it, it can add realism and, and sort of credibility, lend some credibility to what you're trying to do creatively with your, with your video edit. So, um, you know, not, not trying to put the hard sell on all you video editors, but uh, it <laughs> is, you know, I just wanted to point out, it is something to, we do have a lot of video editors who've, who've purchased it because it's such a great value and you get a big, a really big sound effects library for, um, you know, a pretty reasonable price in um, 1500 bucks here till the end of the year. So, yeah. well, I'm, to tell you, I'm not surprised that you have a lot of video editors because the expectation, I guess you sh- we should say now is that when you hand it, to the producer to see for their screenings that it's got a full right. sound design essentially even though we're not sound designers exactly yeah, yeah. and then we hand yeah, it to I the see. sound designers they're like what'd you guys do <laughs> they have to like take everything out and fix everything right. like this is a mess exactly <laughs> yeah. 
So it's important, though, I think, you know, directors and producers, um, especially today, I mean, their expectations are so much higher and, and they don't really want to use their imaginations with what the soundtrack will be. They just want a, a really good sense of it right away. So now I have one last question for you guys. And I, I asked this of everyone in the interview, and that's what's your favorite guilty pleasure films to watch? <laughs> Oh man, guilty pleasure. I mean, I don't feel guilty about it, but I I love me some Tom Cruise. Give give me, give me a Tom Cruise action. <laughs> I don't feel five? guilty about it at all. I'll watch Minority Report and Edge of Tomorrow like yeah. six times in a row. And Edge I don't of Tomorrow's great. Yeah, so good. So this is, I guess, uh, it's not film. Uh, or it was a film, but uh, I guess one of my guilty pleasures recently was I well finally saw uh, Catfish the documentary from a yep. few years ago at, at Sundance, um, and I saw there was a TV show on MTV, um, and uh, it kind of it kind of sucked me in, and I'd say that is probably uh, great guilty <laughs> one pleasure. Of my guilty pleasures, yeah. Oh, man. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you guys. Of course. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you yeah, for, having for having us. So that was my interview with Jeremy and David. Now, make sure to check out their great deal, prosoundeffects.com slash freelancer dash program. And of course, you have to check out SoundMiner. I used to work there, as you probably heard. SoundMiner.com. And of course, Isotope. Just Isotope.com. Great product. I can't, I can't recommend it more than I already have. So with all that said, I'd like to thank David Forshee and Jeremy Siegel for joining me. I'd like to thank Victoria Basova for setting this up. I'm Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening.